Binyamin Rose reports at mishpacha.com. I got two calls on election day from Binyamin Netanyahu. I was in shock, as Israelis would say, that on such a busy day, Bibi would reach out to me, not just once, but twice. Each time, he urged me to go out and vote for him. Now, as most of my readers and listeners know, I'm an early riser. I had already cast my ballot by the time Bibi called, so he was too late. All right, I'm jesting because obviously these weren't personal phone calls. They were robocalls that Bibi recorded days ago and probably went out to tens of thousands of potential voters. I mention this because it shows how hard Bibi worked to get out the vote. Bibi also made use of a new app enabling him to send targeted messages to potential Likud voters, identifying an estimated 300,000 Israelis who had once voted for the Likud, but left the fold, either to vote for parties to the right of the Likud, or who were just suffering from what the media likes to call Netanyahu fatigue, a virus more fatal to politicians than the coronavirus. Well, the results of Bibi's efforts speak for themselves. It will take a few more hours for final results to come in, but this we know for sure. The Likud had their best showing since 2003, and there have been eight elections in the past 17 years. What we don't know yet at this hour is whether the rest of the right-wing bloc, meaning UTJ, Shas, and Yamina, will give the Likud a 61-seat majority so they can easily form a coalition, or if Bibi will need to resort to post-election magic to couple together a majority. Final results may not be available for another day or two. After all, the ballots from soldiers, diplomats overseas, and even people quarantined because they may have the coronavirus accounted. So as the tension builds throughout the day and into what might be another long night, I want to raise another possibility, that the right-wing bloc won't get 61 seats and will have to try and lure enough defectors from other parties to get to 61. Earlier this morning, I interviewed Dr. Maoz Rosenthal, a senior lecturer at the Lauder School of Government, Diplomacy, and Strategy at the Interdisciplinary Center in Herzliya. He walked me through the following scenarios. First and foremost, there is a law of investiture, which means a majority of 61 is required for the initial vote to swear in a new government. The last exit polls showed the Likud, right-wing Haredi bloc, might only get 59 or 60 seats. So if those exit polls prove accurate, where will the other extra vote or two votes come from? And even if the Likud can muster 61 votes to get the government started, it doesn't mean that such a small coalition will stay together for long unless you cut some deals. Now, can you imagine Bernie Sanders running as a Democrat, and then after he wins the election in November, suddenly announcing he's joining the Republican Party? Well, it can't happen in America, but in Israel it can. A quirky made-in-Israel law enables a Knesset member to defect to another party even immediately after an election, if they follow some even quirkier rules. Now, in the last election, no one played that game because everyone stubbornly stuck to their guns, even at the risk of a third election, which is what we just had. But if there's one thing every Israeli can agree on is that there will not be a fourth election. Dr. Maoz contends this time is different because a trio of Knesset members have a keen interest not to let an opportunity slip away. Before we start name dropping, I need to explain how the law works. First, a minimum of 33% of the party members must bolt together. In other words, let's say that a Victor Lieberman's Yisrael Betainer party wins six seats, so at least two of them would have to break away from Lieberman in order to join the Likud. 
If less than 33% of party members bolt, then that sole defector is expelled from the party they left and prohibited from running in the party they bolted to in the next election. Now, considering how Israeli elections have been coming fast and furious, very few MKs would risk committing political suicide. Politicians are often accused of thinking short-term, but that's only in relation to what they gain from taking a specific position. When it comes to their careers, they always think long-term. However, there are a couple of notable wrinkles to this rule about breaking away. A faction within a party is allowed to bolt, and you don't need 33%. And someone who ran independently as part of a larger party can also pull a switch. There are three MKs who fill this bill. One is Orly Levi Abacasis, the sole member of the Gesher party. Since Gesher only ran in a technical block with labor and merits, Orly is her own party, and she can break away and join the Likud without being penalized in the next election. Orly's father was David Levy, the longtime Likudnik who once served as Bibi's foreign minister. David Levy drifted leftward late in his political career, and Orly followed suit. So while I doubt that Bibi targeted Orly on election day with one of his robocalls, there is a chance he will try and use sentiment to lure her back into the fold. The alternative for Orly is political oblivion for having cast her lot with the dying embers of Israel's once dominant Labour Party. The other option is Yoaz Hendel and Svi Hauser, a faction of their own within Benny Gantz's Blue and White Party. Gantz is now a wounded deer, and most pundits predict that the loose coalition of parties that make up Blue and White will break up during the upcoming Knesset session anyway. The first ones to jump ship have first dibs on the life jackets, and Dr. Maoz told me that even though Hendel and Hauser both worked for Bibi in the past, and like many people who worked for Bibi, left on bad terms, in politics, if you can't win, then you had better at least survive. Dr. Maoz contends they're the most likely candidates to bolt, because both of them are basically right-wingers who favor President Trump's deal of the century, but only insofar as it allows Israel to claim sovereignty over the Jordan River Valley and the settlements of Judea and Samaria. They don't like the idea of a Palestinian state contained in the Trump plan. The deal Hendel and Hauser could cut goes like this. They support Bibi in return for a cabinet post and an agreement to run with the Likud the next time. In return, they will stiffen Bibi's backbone so that he can work to convince the Trump administration to implement only the sovereignty portion of his deal of the century, now, and at least quietly put the Palestinian state on ice. Sounds like a plan? Well, I just tried calling back the number that Bibi called me from yesterday to ask him if he thought this was plausible. All I got was a replay of yesterday's taped message exhorting me to go out and vote. I hope that's not a sign that we are headed to a fourth election. This has been Yemen Rose from Mishpacha.com. The Rose Report at Mishpacha.com.